morning, Bill O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News. Monday, February 1st, 2021. Stand up for your country. So we have a wild blizzard here in the Northeast. And walking a corgi in a foot of snow is something you want to put on your bucket list. That is a blast. Let me tell you, what a great time that is. I mean, I tried everything. It's just... It's not like she's a St. Bernard or even in the same hemisphere as a St. Bernard. Uh, We'll muddle through. All right, but we don't stop the no-spin news for blizzards or anything else. Here we are. Lead story. So you remember a few days after the election on November 9th, to be precise, I told you I was going to give President Biden a chance, all right? Because in our Judeo-Christian tradition, as patriots of this country, and most of you are, um, that is our mandate. If somebody asks for a chance, whether they're a politician or any other person, and they're not a menace, I mean, they're not hurting people, you give them a chance. And that coincides with church-state for me. So my religion, uh, Christianity, Catholicism demands you do that, demands you treat people fairly as you want to be treated. And the country, the way that it's been formed, is we're fair. Now, we don't live up to that all the time, but that's the tenet. So I did give Joe Biden a chance. And it's been 12 days since he's done. It doesn't seem like a lot longer than that. (laughs) Boy, only 12 days. So on Inauguration Day, this was the key point that the president made. Go. Today, on this January day, my whole soul is in this, bringing America together, uniting our people, uniting our nation. And I ask every American to join me in this cause. Okay, so we now know that was just a bunch of phony, you know what. All right, he's not interested in unity. He's not interested in bringing together everyone to work together for the benefit of the country. He's interested in imposing progressive doctrines on the country. And how do we know that? By all the executive orders that he signed, 40 of them. And then the uh, executive actions on um, not equality, but equity. So in the first few days, Joe Biden defined himself very, very Clearly, I am a proud member of the progressive movement. I am going to impose that philosophy on the country. And if you don't like it, too bad. I don't think anybody could argue with me that that is what has happened. So I was fair. And now I have to redefine my assessment of President Biden. And I do it this way. We are in a social civil war. Progressives, the Biden crew, versus traditionalists. That doesn't mean you're conservative. You can be a liberal traditionalist. What a traditionalist means is that you believe in the basic nobility of America, and you don't believe that our whole system has to be blown up and inequality imposed to lift so-called marginalized groups. We don't do it that way. 
We don't lift marginalized groups by taking things away from other Americans, especially based on skin color. It's not what we do. It's not what traditionalists believe. Progressives believe that. Joe Biden believes that. So now there's a war, a social civil war. Now, there cannot be any violence in this war. I hope you understand very clearly that Donald Trump's entire legacy was blown apart by the idiots who invaded the Capitol. Everything that he accomplished, stood for, obliterated in one day. It may not be fair, but that's history. That's the way it's going down. So those people, those anarchists, insurrectionists, whatever you want to call them, obliterated every single thing that Donald Trump did in office. Because now there's not going to be a fair hearing on the president, even though he will be acquitted in a trial that begins next week, another impeachment fiasco. But that's not going to help him as far as the court of public opinion is concerned. Now, let me just let me just zero in on this civil war thing. So with the stroke of a pen, President Biden knocks out the pipeline, the XL pipeline. Now, I'm a big fan of the pipeline. I don't like fossil fuels. I wish we all had electric cars that were affordable and we all had energy that didn't pollute the air. That's what I wish. But I also know that's not the real world as it stands now. And you don't throw 3,000 people out of work on a dream, on a wish. That's stupid. So who is suffering because of the XL pipeline? You are. I am. Because gas prices are up 15% since he did that. 50, I'm sorry, 15 cents a gallon. 15 cents a gallon. This is overall country. Here where I live, up 40 cents a gallon in New York. 40 cents on Long Island. 15, that's across the board average. In what, a week? That's going to go to a buck a gallon more this time next year. You mark my words. And you don't think that's tax? You don't think that's a tax on you? Because you have to drive and heat your home. And you're paying more because Biden is attacking the fossil fuel industry and the industry knows it. So they're going to gouge as much as they can to build up their cash reserves for whatever they have to do. Okay, that's absolutely happening right now before our eyes. Oh, I'm not going to raise taxes on the middle class, working class. Yeah, you just did. And you had to know it was going to happen. All right, number one. Number two, you basically have a situation now where Democrats, and this is astounding, so listen to this. There is a poll out of the Hoover Institution. The Hoover Institution is at Stanford University, south of San Francisco. The institution polled 2,000 Americans, divided them into parties, Democrats and Republicans, okay, and asked a very simple question. Is socialism better than capitalism? Ready? 51% of Democrats want socialism. 51%. More than half, obviously. Republicans, 8%. 
and they're, I don't know who they could possibly be. Now, I'm not going to go over socialism. This isn't a civics class, but you need to know one essential fact about socialism. The federal government runs everything. That means personal liberties, personal possessions, earnings, everything that we do is subject of approval from Washington, D.C. Okay? That's what you need to understand. And then there are 200 tenets of that. Okay. So now you have 51% of Democrats want socialism and 8% of Republicans. How are you going to unify the country, Joe? How are you going to do that? Because you're throwing in, I'm not going to say Biden's a socialist because he isn't. He's not. But he's not going to stop that trend. He's not going to do that. All right. He's not going to stand up to the progressive wave that evaluates Americans on skin color. He's not going to stop it. So there is now this. I don't know how you would ever breach this gap. How? How? If more than half of the Democratic Party wants socialism, how do you breach that? So what has to happen is that the independents, the people not aligned, have to come over to, we don't want socialism. Because if they don't, then we will have it, some form of it. So just go to Sweden or the Netherlands or Denmark and take a look. Now, I have been to, I'm not even, I'm just going to tell you, I've been to Cuba, I've been to Venezuela, I've been to Vietnam, I've been to Eastern Europe when the wall came down, okay, right after it. So I saw what communism, socialism does with my own eyes. It has never worked anywhere. You want to say Sweden and Scandinavia work? Go right ahead. Okay? Sweden's got 10 million people. So, yeah, the, the government can dictate for 10 million. 330 million? No. Okay. So, that's where we are. We're not going to have unity. Joe Biden's thrown in with the progressives. I have given him a fair chance. He has revealed himself very, very quickly. And now I'm going to report honestly on him. I'm not going to harpoon him like many commentators do every night. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to tell you what he's doing and how it affects you. And hopefully you will speak to others. And two years from now, there'll be a change in this country. Donald Trump um, let his uh, lawyers go in the impeachment. Again, he's got seven days to uh, file his defense in the Senate. So all his lawyers that he hired, they all resigned. The Washington Post reports, of course, with anonymous sources, the reason they resigned was that Trump wanted a defense based on the election was rigged. That's what he wanted to put forth up top. These lawyers apparently didn't want to do that. They're all gone. He's got new lawyers. Now, is this report true? Jason Miller, the president's spokesman, says no. Quote, the only guidance offered has been to focus on the unconstitutional nature of the impeachment to which 45 senators have already voted in agreement. That's what Miller says. Do I think that President Trump wants the issue of a rigged election raised in the impeachment? Yes, I do. Knowing the man as well as anybody knows him, 
he is not over it. And that was, I believe, I could be wrong. No one told me. But I believe that came up, and his initial lawyers didn't want to do that. Okay, the new lawyers are David Schoen and Bruce Castor. I don't know anything about them, but they're representing the president next week. Black Lives Matter, nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. But before you go crazy, listen to this story. So Black Lives Matter, Global Foundation, as you know, because I broke the story, is a Marxist organization. The three women who run it in California admit they're communists and Marxists. There's no deceit by these women. They tell you exactly who they are. All right. I'll give you an astounding stat right now and write this stat down. Let me get it perfectly positioned for you. Black Lives Matter in the demonstrations after George Floyd was killed, 88% of the 633 violent incidents in America after George Floyd, 88% are recorded as involving Black Lives Matter activists. 88%. And they are now nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize. But any nut can nominate anybody if you are in that group. So the nut that did this is named Peter Eide. Okay, he's a Norwegian member of parliament. He is, he represents the socialist left party. So socialist isn't enough for Peter. That's not enough. It's got to be the socialist left party, left of socialists. Okay, comrade, comrade Eide. So he says, uh, yeah, studies have shown that most of the demonstrations organized by Black Lives Matter have been peaceful. Of course, there have been incidents, but most of them have been caused by the activities of either the police or counter-protesters. So Peter, who doesn't even live here, okay, he lives in Norway. He said the cops did it, not Black Lives Matter, even though the, the study documented that 88% of them involve Black Lives Matter of the violent incident activists. It's unbelievable. And just to refresh your memory, I don't want to hammer this any more than I have to. Roll the tape. Okay, I mean, there's no doubt. So if the Black Lives Matter gets the uh, Nobel Peace Prize, forget about the Nobel organization ever again having any credibility. They don't have a lot of credibility now. But BLM uh, issued a uh, tweet. Quote, we hold the largest social movement in global history. Today, we have been nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize. People are waking up to our global call for racial justice and an end to economic injustice, environmental racism, and white supremacy. We're only getting started raised fist. These people are dangerous. They want communism, not socialism. They're way beyond that. But are you going to get that reportage in the, in the media, the corporate media going to tell you that in America? No, they're not. No, they're not. Those athletes, football, 
basketball, they're going to have that? They're going to tell you that? No, they're going to have the BLM slogan on the back of their helmet and their jerseys. Uh-huh. Again, 88% of the 633 violent incidents after George Floyd involved Black Lives Matter activists. And um, this is an ACLED report. Recorded over 7,750 demonstrations between late May and the end of August. Okay. The ACLED is a nonprofit organization specializes in data collection, analysis, and crisis mapping. There you go. We don't use anonymous sources here. We tell you where we get our information. Okay. Um, I'm going to do GameStop after this because I'm running a little bit long, and I want to get to our guest. He's a very smart guy. He's been very patient. So GameStop will come after our guest because I want to tell you about that. I just want to show you uh, an, another interesting stat. Twitter employees donated um, almost $200,000 to the Biden campaign, $3,000 to the Trump campaign. Twitter employees, 98% to 2%. At least nine different Biden transition team members uh, held previous positions at Facebook, Google, or Twitter. So now you know what the censorship situation is. Now, I got a letter from a premium member, BillOReilly.com premium member, who says, quote, conservatives have lost freedom of speech. The government does not enforce the First Amendment in private situations, is there a remedy for this bill? Paul Butko, Sarasota, Florida. Well, I'm not smart enough to know if there's a, a remedy, Paul. So I asked Joseph Tully, who joins us now from San Francisco, California. He's an attorney who specializes in this kind of stuff. And uh, I have some very probably foolish questions for you, Counselor, but I'm going to start with Twitter and social media censoring people with whom it disagrees under the banner of lies. We don't spread disinformation. We don't spread lies. Um, and so you're not allowed on this forever, Donald Trump. Is there anything that anybody can do about that? To answer the question, it's a very bleak answer. And for the most part, no. Theoretically, there's, there's uh, possibilities to fight against this. However, what governs this is uh, not the First Amendment, as we know, that applies to the government. Um, so your your viewer and your premium member is right in saying the Constitution isn't enforced against government or against private entities. So what uh, does uh, apply to private entities is Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act, which was passed in 1996 to spur on the growth of the Internet. And in it, in Section 230, uh, subsection C, they give um, immunity to ISPs, service providers, and intermediaries that would cover Google, Facebook, uh, YouTube, Instagram, all of those, and, and even bloggers. Um, however, this is not a public square. Section C2A of Section 230 gives a big, big, big exception, and that is that any company who acts in good faith may restrict access or availability of material that they find to be obscene, lewd, lascivious, filthy, excessively violent, harassing, or here's the, the wide open um, 
exception here, otherwise objectionable. So as long as Facebook or YouTube says, we in good faith find Donald Trump's subject matter to be otherwise objectionable, they can get away with it and they're okay, sanctioned let me, by Congress. Let me stop you then. It is clear that these organizations are dominated by liberal people in the management level and in the employee level. There's no doubt about that. I just gave you the stat. So they can use this law, 1996 passed, to stop thought, to stop people with whom they disagree politically from disseminating their information. So it seems to me that the only remedy for this, and this was the heart of the question asked, the only remedy is a new law that says you can't restrict political speech. You can flag it, okay? You could put it maybe in another category, but you can't ban it. And that law would have to be passed by Congress and signed by a president. Isn't that the only thing that can change this? Correct. That is the only thing that could change this. However, you're putting a lot of faith in, in our Congress people. I, I'm not putting a lot of faith in anybody. All I want is a roadmap. Mm -hmm. So that, I, th I think this is absolutely censorship. I think it's going in the direction to shut down opposition speech. And at this point, the progressives are in control of the social media companies. So doesn't take a genius to find out what speech is going to be shut down. The Black Lives Matter speech isn't shut down, even when they call for violence, which they have, not shut down. So Congress is the only body that could right this wrong. I just want to be clear about that. You, you're correct, yeah. And, and there is some precedent. I mean, the, the beginning of uh, 2.30 talks about true diversity of political discourse, a myriad of avenues for intellectual activity, and that we want something to the benefit of all Americans. So well, look, um, robust debate, and, and even if somebody is misstating a fact. By the way, I'd carve a, an exception for defamation. I don't think defamation mm -hmm. should be allowed. And I think that the people who do it um, should be sued in civil court. Uh, I don't think the company should be sued for putting it up because how do they know what's defamatory? But I think there should be an easy pathway to sue defamers. But political speech, no. Let's move on to uh, the workplace. So uh, I work for myself, thank God. But for 45 years, I work for corporations. And in the corporation, uh, if I said something that the bosses didn't like because they were a different political persuasion than I was, I could be fired for that, could I not? Yes, the workplace isn't protected by the Constitution, and it's very, uh, very much at will. So if an if a employer feels that their employee is acting in a way that is harmful to the company, then they have a pretty wide road in order to fire that and employee. They can define what's harmful to the company. They can say O'Reilly's a wise guy he's running around saying X, Y, and Z about a political issue and everybody's depressed or everybody's angry or everybody's upset. So he has to go, right? Correct, yes. Okay. So I always tell my viewers, you don't have freedom of speech if you're working for someone else. Third and a very important level. 
I, in my senior year in college, I was a history major at Marist College in Poughkeepsie, had a far left professor. This was during the Vietnam War era. And my political beliefs did not line up with hers. No radical difference. I mean, I wasn't a big war booster, but I saw her as being far, far left, SDS left. You remember the SDS, right? That's where students she was. Yeah, students for democratic gave, society. Yeah, she, I did excellent work, I must say, in her political science class. She gave me a C because she didn't like my political opinion. And it was a political science class, so you had to give it. Was, is there any redress for that? Uh, there is. In 1957, our United States Supreme Court uh, ruled in a landmark decision, it's Sweezy versus New Hampshire, that the essentiality of freedom in the community of American universities is self-evident and that scholarship cannot flourish in an atmosphere of suspicion and distrust. And teachers and students must always remain free to inquire to study and evaluate, to gain new maturity and understanding. Otherwise, our civilization will stagnate and die. So in so if college, you, if you're, we, go ahead, mm -hmm. if, go ahead. We have freedom in, in college, freedom of expression. But I don't think the, the problem right now is a legal problem. I think we're dealing with a societal problem. OK, but if you're a kid who's in Harvard uh, and it's and you're punished for not being a liberal, who do you sue? Do you sue the university? Do you sue the teacher? Who do, who do you sue? So you would take action against the university and perhaps the, the teacher as well. Uh, in civil law, the rule is basically go after everybody that you possibly can and you can always cross them off later. Okay. If speakers are denied, um, say I'm the uh, head of the college Republican club and I want to bring in a speaker on my own dime, all right, the club pays and the university says, no, you can't because we don't like conservative speakers. Is there anything you could do? So, uh, yes, yes and no. There are universities have started to set up speech codes and those have been ruled legal to some extent. Um, they've also set up free speech zones and there's still a, a vigorous debate on whether or not a free speech zone is uh, politically, you know, or, or is legally permissible or not. So uh, the question is, you should always fight for freedom. We were founded on freedom, on equality, um, to have, to engage in political discourse for everyone. And, and we want brotherhood, we want sisterhood, we want everybody to come together and have debates, uh, vigorous though they may be. But in this case, um, it's still sort of an unsettled question. The workplace okay. is very settled. You have no rights. I, College, right. it should be free, College, but it's you can not. cause trouble if you're denied freedom of expression. Good. Good. I'm glad because this censorship is coming fast. And you know, um, because you're an educated man counselor, totalitarian regimes all over the world start with this. The thought Correct. and mind control. Hey, thanks for helping us out. Uh, we really appreciate it. If we can ever return the favor, counsel, let us know. Thank you for having okay. me. Okay. We're watching the Putin situation in Russia. Tomorrow, another mass demonstration. 5,000 already uh, arrested in Moscow. It all centers around an opposition leader named Alexei Navalny. 
Uh, he was poisoned. He says Putin did it. Uh, he recovered in Germany, came back to Moscow on January 17th, immediately arrested. Uh, the protesters are going wild over there. This is very bad news for Vladimir Putin because this stuff spreads fast. Putin's a corrupt tyrant. We all know that. Um, you know, we'll see what happens tomorrow. Myanmar, that's Burma. Um, they have now dissolved the uh, elected government there and the military has taken over. It was it, just by happenstance. I was watching Rambo 18 last night. This is what I do. And, and it's in Burma. There's Rambo. There's Sly. You know, I think he killed 4,800 bad people. Um, but then about an hour later, the military takes over in, in Burma. So uh, the White House says it's very alarmed. All right. There's no way Joe Biden's going to do anything about Burma. OK, I'm just watching Taiwan. Chicago uh, orders teachers back to school tomorrow. Uh, teachers union says, no, nope, not doing it until every teacher is uh, vaccinated. Now, the CDC in Atlanta has issued a statement. I'm going to put it up. The preponderance of available evidence from the fall school semester has been reassuring. There's been little evidence that schools have contributed meaningfully to increased COVID transmission. The conclusion here is that with proper prevention efforts, we can keep transmission in schools and education settings quite low, unquote. The Teachers Union Chicago's don't care. They say they aren't going to show up. Now, finally, uh, Mayor Lightfoot and the others say you don't show up, you don't get paid. There you go. That's it. They don't show up, they don't get paid. Paycheck stops there. No more virtual learning. No more any of that. You want them in the schools in Chicago. Teachers don't show up. Paycheck ends. Okay. A lot of people will take that paycheck. I might flight out there. I'll take it. I used to teach high school. Uh, I'm not even going to get into what the union wants. I don't care. In Europe, France and Switzerland schools are open. England, Ireland shut down. Germany shut down until uh, Valentine's Day, February 14th. Uh, Denmark opens next Monday. You know, they're crazed in Europe. They're crazed over there with the COVID. And the stats are unbelievable in the USA. 27 million people have gotten COVID. 27 million people. Almost 10% of our population has gotten it. Ah. And it's going to be 500,000 dead by the end of February. Now, all those people didn't die from COVID, but most of them did. Half a million people. Jeez. And the vaccine distribution is slow because the government can't do anything. It's not the private company's fault. The government just can't get it out. Cancel culture update. PETA says we're insulting animals with our speech. And it wants specious language condemned. What specious language? All right, it's PETA. All right, I love this. Um, you can't use the word chicken when referring to a coward. No good. A rat, when referring to a snitch, we can't say that anymore. A snake, a bad person is a snake. Nope. Pig, repulsive person, can't say it. Sloth, lazy person, no, no way. Peter says, hey, pigs are very intelligent and have empathy for other pigs. Snakes are clever and have family relationships. So don't call anybody a chicken. Can't do it. Cancel culture, Peter will get you. Stay in history. February 1st, 1964, 
The Beatles scored their first number one hit in America, I Want to Hold Your Hand. Good tune. Good tune. So you remember in uh, 64, 57 years ago, they went on the Ed Sullivan show. I think this is Ed Sullivan. Yeah, there it is. It's Ringo. Okay, now these guys were unbelievable. So they sold in this country 183 million records. That's most of anybody ever. Garth Brooks second, 156. Elvis third, 147. All right, and the Beatles, um, they toured. 32 shows in 33 days earn a million dollars for the tour, which would be seven and a half million today. Not a bad month. All right. So the Beatles storming America 57 years ago today. By the way, uh, John Lennon, as you know, was shot and killed, assassinated, 40 years old. Uh, George Harrison died from cancer, 58. McCartney, 78. Ringo Starr living in L.A., 80 years old. Quick break, back with some mail and a final thought on uh, the urchins telling me I'm too strict in a moment. Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. All right, let's get to the mail. James on the message board. I hope I'm wrong, but I believe there's a real chance country will wind up in a shooting civil war. The left seems pathologically determined to shred the Constitution. I don't think so. I think history is going to turn it against the progressives. They're going to overreach. Obviously, this is speculation, but based on history, that's how I see it. Mark Diorazio, Troy, Michigan, Bill, I hope you can clear something up for me. If the president can write and sign umpteen executive orders, why do we need a House of Representatives, Senate, or Supreme Court? Because the orders that he writes are not law per se, okay? They are emergency declarations that something has to change or has something has to be done, but they're not in law. I, it, it's a subtle distinction, but if it is a violation of law, It'll get sued, and that's what happened when Texas sued Biden over deportation. Bill Holt, Salt Lake City. I'm watching the government on the COVID-19 vaccine distribution, nothing short of a disaster. Now you're saying the progressives want to control private corporations? Can you imagine what that will do? It'll destroy everybody. Socialism in this country destroy the entire nation. Can't have it. John Elmendorf, Houston, Texas. 
Bill, I will take the global warming anti-fossil fuel zealot seriously when they begin promoting clean, safe nuclear power. They're never going to do that because of the Japanese situation, the Russian situation where the nuke plants went up. So they're never going to do it. Edward Meacham, Nashville, Tennessee. Really enjoy your coverage of President Biden so far. My friend said we should obey the first rule of wing walking, which was don't let go of what you have until you have something else to hold on to. You know, it's funny you mentioned wing walking. I did it when I was a young reporter in Dallas at WFAA TV. I was on top of a plane holding on to a bar and the plane went very high in the sky. I did it for a story. It was insane. I would never do it again, but I wing walked on my resume. And you're right, you don't throw out the fossil fuel until you have something to go to. Julia Whittem, Saratoga Springs, Utah. Utah's uh, big on the uh, no spin news. Thing that drives me crazy about this equity or reparations or whatever you want to call it is there's so many groups of people who have been mistreated. What about reparations for the Jews? Well, we didn't mistreat the Jews. So that's on Germany. And actually, Germany did pass reparations against Jewish people, for Jewish people, because of their horror that they um, committed against the Jewish race. But yes, every race of people in history has been brutalized. Mary Ellen Wilbur, Plano, Texas. What other countries have open borders? China doesn't. Russia doesn't. Why would we have open borders? To change the tradition of America. To establish a new paradigm. That's why. That's what the progressives want. Out with tradition. Bobby McGinnis, Santa Barbara, California. Is it true that the entity responsible for protecting Capitol building is the Speaker of the House? Nancy Pelosi was in charge. Why is she not being blamed? Sergeant at Arms protects the House of Representative members. And he was fired by Pelosi. Scott Hayes, Homer Glen, Illinois. Mr. Rowe just received my stand up for your country mug. I think it's great. And as a matter of fact, my coffee tastes better. Stand up for your country. We got them in white too. Coffee does taste better. Best mugs on the planet. Best mugs on the planet. BillOReilly.com. In our store, there they are, made in America. Okay. Also, we have 20% off all my books. Buy a uh, copy of Killing the Mob coming up May 4th. Order it, and you get half off Killing Crazy Horse or the United States of Trump. If you want the U.S. of Trump, there are only a few left. Okay, we sold so many of them. I don't know if we can get a reprint. We might. But if you want that, you got to get it now. Okay. Crazy Horse, half million in sales. Thank you all very much. When writing to us, do not be a buffoon. Back with a uh, final thought. I had an interesting discussion with an urchin uh, this weekend, and I'll tell you all about it in a moment. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast, politics by faith.
Okay, so um, it was a kind of slow weekend here on Long Island, and now the snow, and then I don't want the urchins on the uh, machines all day long. And I, I impose, all right, you can do this for two hours, and then you're going to read a book, or you're going to play some chess or with me, or you're going to do anything. I don't care, but you're not going to sit there all day long on a stupid machines. So that evolved into a discussion of that I'm the strictest parent that my son knows. All right, there's no other parent stricter than me in the whole world. Now, I got to understand, I am a guy who holds my children and everyone else on the planet accountable for what they do, both good and bad. But I don't ever hit a child, never have done that, don't believe in that, okay? But you do what you're told to do. And there are consequences if you don't. And I explain it. It's not because I said so. I don't do that. I said, this is why. This is what we do. This is why we do it. One of the big rules here at the O'Reilly Hacienda is if you say you're going to do something, you do it. If you say you're going to have lunch with somebody, you have that lunch, even if you don't want to. You say something, your word has to be honored. Okay. So anyway, um, I'm, I'm debating whether I'm the strictest father, and I'm thinking about, well, maybe that's true. Because I do have rules in the house. You can't sit there six hours and kill zombies on the Internet. And you can't do certain things, and you got to go to bed at a certain time, and you can't have the machine in your hands under the covers. And, and I got rules. And a lot of parents don't have them. Once a kid gets, you know, mid-teens, hey, you know, hey, what can I do about it? Hey, you know, the rules don't have an age limit if they're rules that are beneficial to the urchin. And I explained, this is why it's good for you. This is, you know, I'm not like my parents. Well, you have to eat all that food, clean your plate. Sometimes the food, a lot of the time, the food is pretty bad, <laughs> you know. Now, if they're full, they're full. I don't do that stuff. They got to walk the dog. The terror dogs got to be taken out four times a day. I'm not going to do it all the time. But anyway, I, I, in, the, in the beginning, I was a little, am I really this strictest parent? And now I'm kind of flattered because I know a lot of parents are too lazy, too much hassle. Anyway, I don't want to be self-congratulating, but I thought you would appreciate hearing about the conversation. We'll see you tomorrow.